Welcome to the High Performance Health Podcast with your host, Angela Foster. The show where we talk about everything you need to break through limits and achieve a high performance mind, body, and lifestyle. Today's episode is a solo sode with me, Angela Foster. As a nutritionist and high performance health coach with a strong focus on epigenetics, one of the key areas that I focus on is the area of personalized nutrition. Now, if you've ever wondered whether there is a single nutritional protocol that is right for everyone, then this episode will help you navigate the massive information out there to find the right nutrition plan for you and enable you to achieve and maintain a lean and healthy body and optimize your health. I hope you enjoy this episode, and if you do, please leave a review and um, share it with someone you think it might help. In today's podcast episode, I'm going to be doing a solo sode with myself, Angela Foster, to explore whether there is a one-sized-fits-all approach to nutrition. There's so many diets out there, from things like keto to low-carb or even slow-carb, vegetarianism, veganism, paleo, food combining, and so much more. And with so much information, you can be forgiven for being completely confused. And in our constant quest to feel better, have more energy, and live longer, we are looking for the foods that make us feel great, have sustained energy, and keep us lean and healthy. So what is the right nutrition plan for you? Well, apart from personal, spiritual, or environmental choices, which I don't plan on discussing here, I want to bring you the latest, most up-to-date information on personalized nutrition. So how do you find the right nutrition protocol for you? Well, by far and away, the best way that I've found is to personalize your nutrition based on your underlying genetics. Now, while we share many of the same genes, tiny variants in our genetic makeup can alter the way that we process and extract energy from proteins, from fats, and from carbohydrates. If we look back at our ancestors in the past, our diet would have been determined by what was locally available to us. So depending on your ancestry, you create different levels of enzymes, such as amylase, which is used for digesting carbohydrates, Um, bile in the gallbladder, which assists in digesting fats, and even varying levels of hydrochloric acid in your stomach to help with breaking down proteins. So what does this mean for you exactly? It means that your capacity to extract energy from food is influenced by what your ancestors ate and how that has in turn affected your current genetic expression. So how do you find an optimal strategy for you? One that means you don't need to jump from one diet plan to another or be constantly on the lookout for the latest, newest nutrition plan. And the answer is to look at your own DNA. This approach takes out all of the guesswork as it's uniquely based on your individual genetics. And you only need to do a DNA test once because your underlying genetics don't change. It's only the expression of those genetics that do. So how easy is this to do, you might be wondering. It's, it's actually incredibly easy. It takes around 60 seconds. Um, it's a simple swab of your saliva that you can do at home, generally in the morning, and just send it off to a lab. And in fact, it's actually the place that I usually start with my clients as we get a ton of information about their biological makeup. Scientists have identified at least 38 different genes that relate to nutrient p- metabolism. 
And these affect things such as how well we detoxify, um, how well we methylate. This is a complex process in our body that happens in our cells over a billion times per second. So a pretty important process. Um, it also affects uh, what our individual antioxidant needs are, our vitamin needs, our mineral needs, and also how sensitive we are to carbohydrates and fats and the way in which we metabolize those macronutrients. Now, I often host online masterclasses all about DNA as I think it's such a powerful way to optimize your health and performance. And so if you'd like more information on this, then you can go to, and I'll include the links to this in the show notes, but you can go to bit.ly forward slash personalized health to find out more. For the purpose of this podcast episode, I'm going to keep things really simple by looking at how you can optimize the macronutrient content of your diet for optimal body composition, health and performance by focusing on a few genes that affect your metabolism of carbohydrates and fats. One of the big questions I get asked by my clients is how can I get rid of the weight that's accumulating around my belly? And this is something that even individuals who've never really had to worry about their weight often begin to notice at around the age of 40. And one of the first things I like to look at in this regard is the way in which you process carbohydrates and fats. Often weight will accumulate around your abdominal area for a variety of reasons, including underlying levels of inflammation, um, high cortisol levels, and also high blood sugar variability. There was a pretty powerful study by the Wiseman Institute of Science in uh, Rehovot, Israel, where they studied 800 people in relation to their blood sugar response into a staggering um, 46,978 meals. And what they found was that there was very high variability in relation to individuals consuming identical meals, meaning that their response to those meals was very different. Now, you might expect that all participants would experience sharp increases in blood sugar to foods like cookies, bananas, sushi, and whole grain bread. But in fact, the results of this study showed that not everyone did. In fact, some participants had a moderate response or even a very flat response to consuming those foods. Now, based on this, the scientists in Israel were able to develop an algorithm um, which integrated factors such as blood parameters, family history, physical activity, and their gut microbiome to prescribe highly tailored dietary advice. And the science in this area is rapidly developing with companies like Viome who are able to look at your active gut bacteria and produce um, and look at the way they produce certain enzymes and toxins in relation to the foods that you eat. And this, this area is emerging very rapidly at the moment. Another powerful thing to look at, as I've already mentioned, is looking at your own underlying genetic sensitivity to the way you process carbohydrates and fats. And this is um, an approach that I've successfully used with so many of my clients to transform their energy, their body composition and their health. Um, it's also an approach that I actually use myself to completely cure myself of polycystic ovarian syndrome or uh, PCOS. And when I tested my own genetics, it was no surprise to me that I was super sensitive to carbohydrates. Uh, we had a strong family history of type 2 diabetes on both my mother and my father's side. And by my late 20s, I was already struggling with PCOS and insulin resistance. 
And I was actually prescribed um, metformin. So this is back before I was a nutritionist and uh, health coach. I was actually a lawyer at the time, um, corporate lawyer, and I was prescribed metformin, uh, which is a drug that's commonly given to diabetics. And um, a twisted ovarian cyst that, uh, that came about quickly led to urgent surgery. And after I was told that my PCOS and endometriosis might mean that I'd never be able to have children, I started researching the area and picked up a fantastic book on controlling PCOS with nutrition. And this actually enabled me to go on to having not just three beautiful children within four years without any fertility treatment, but also curing myself of PCOS completely. Um, and 15 years later, I don't have any evidence of it. Now, the fact that I no longer have insulin resistance, which seemed to be driving the PCOS, is highly protective of my health in itself. What we know is that metabolic disease wreaks havoc on the body. Um, it leads to higher blood sugar levels and increased inflammation, which in turn can increase your risk for chronic diseases like cardiovascular disease, diabetes, and cancer. So what I want to show you is some, um, and take you through, is some key parts of your genetics that you can look at in relation to both your carbohydrate sensitivity and your fat sensitivity. Now, the first two that I want to mention are of the beta-adrenoreceptor gene variants, and this is ADRB227 and 16. Now, these receptors are really important in unlocking fat cells and allowing stored fat to be used for energy. Certain variants in ADRB2 mean that some individuals can suffer from increased abdominal weight gain when they're on a high-carbohydrate diet. Now, as we saw from the Israeli um, study, that not everybody is as sensitive to carbs as another person. And this is really the critical thing here because knowing your own variant is very helpful in optimizing your carbohydrate intake and staying lean and healthy. And what's also interesting is how knowing this information can actually help you to optimize your training sessions. So some individuals burn fat as a fuel much more efficiently. And so for example, if you, um, if you carry a certain variant of ADRB227 and you're looking to lose body fat when exercising, you may actually need to stimulate this gene a bit more. Um, and so you can benefit from beta receptor stimulation before exercise. Now you might be thinking, gosh, this sounds really complicated. How can I do this? But you can do this by taking some caffeine to stimulate the release of catecholamines. These are things like epinephrine and norepinephrine, which um, produce adrenaline and bind to these adrenoreceptors before exercise. So you can do this, as I've mentioned, by having some caffeine. And it's worth mentioning here that when you do, if you do test your DNA, you can also discover how your own caffeine metabolism um, is. So whether you're a fast or slow metabolizer, and then this can also help you to optimize both the timing and the dose of caffeine intake. So that's a pretty useful bit of information there, particularly if you're really trying to optimize the performance and the results that you're getting from your exercise. Now, another one of the most, this is probably the most studied gene um, in relation to obesity. And this is the FTO gene, which stands for fat mass and obesity associated and has been dubbed FATSO. Uh, the FTO gene is expressed throughout the body and it's particularly um, 
prevalent in the brain and in fat cells. And it's a protein that's basically associated with fat mass and obesity in both adults and in children. And it seems to act as a kind of nutrient sensor and affects the amount of food that a person wants to eat and their hunger. So if you're somebody that feels hungry all of the time, there are certainly other variations that can lead to those cravings and a variety of other hormonal um, lifestyle and other factors. But it could be that the FTO gene is also playing a part here. Now, variations in that gene can affect the ability to regulate food intake and actually can lower your satiety. So maybe you're not actually feeling satisfied after food. And what scientists have found is that people with certain variations in this gene often have a higher body mass index. Now, interestingly, there's a high instance of this obesity gene among Amish populations, and yet very few Amish are obese. So you might be thinking, well, why is this? And in Amish communities, it's common to actively work on the farm for three hours or more per day. And so there's been some science that shows that regular physical activity has been shown to effectively turn off the FTO gene. So this, again, is a very powerful way to modulate the expression of that gene. Um, and what we know is that our genes are not our destiny. And this could explain how I've managed to stay lean and healthy myself to date, because I have two copies of the FTO gene and I exercise pretty much daily, I would say, with a combination of routines. They're not always long, but I do include um, a fair amount of low level activity, such as walking with my dogs or using my under desk treadmill um, when I'm working. I do simple short HIIT workouts and Tabata workouts and strength training sessions a couple of times per week. And I also make sure that I'm getting up regularly and moving around because this, these factors have been shown to make a big difference. Um, I actually use a variety of different workspace optimization, um, optimization tools from things like a mini trampoline to an under desk treadmill to um, bands and foam rollers. So if you wanted to have a look at those, you can go and check them out at bit.ly forward slash workspace hacks. Um, I'll link to all these uh, in the show notes to this episode. And then the last gene I want to talk about that can affect weight gain or more particularly fat gain, is the one that encodes for PPARG. And this is a protein involved in fat metabolism. This one, PPARG, has been dubbed the thrifty gene. And it's this gene that seems to be responsible for helping us store fat to survive the winter. So we would have needed this adaptation when we lived in time when um, food could be scarce during certain seasons. And so how does it do this? Well, when it's activated, PPARG works on both the fatty acids and the glucose in the blood, actually pushing them into fat cells. So what does this mean? It means that in times of abundance of food, as in modern society, too much activation of PPARG can cause weight gain and increase the risk for things like heart disease, diabetes and stroke. Now, the killer foods for PPARG activation are foods that contain sugar and fat. Now, if you look at nature, it doesn't really naturally combine high levels of these macronutrients. Um, but food manufacturing has enabled to do this in a very tasty way, um, an addictive way, but also a toxic way. So if you want to lower your PPALG activation, then you want to look at avoiding things like cookies, donuts, pizza, white bread, biscuits, and muffins. And that's often why people will see 
um, some pretty effective fat loss when they're keeping these foods out of their diet. And it's also really protecting your health. Now, knowing your genes can be powerful, but only if you use that information to modulate your genetic expression in a positive way, because it's the expression of our genes that's important. And this is where uh, the world of epigenetics enters. So what you need to be looking at is how you can customize your nutrition for optimal genetic expression so that you can gain and maintain, um, that's really the key thing here, a lean and healthy body and also high energy. So which are the nutritional and lifestyle practices that have been found to move the needle the most and give you the most bang for your buck? And what I want to take you through now is my top five. So here are the top five. The first one is to ruthlessly, and I do mean ruthlessly, remove all highly processed foods from your diet. These foods contain high levels of chemicals, toxins, pesticides, sugars, and also pro-inflammatory fats. They are notoriously bad for our health um, and are driving much of the obesity and weight gain that we're seeing and also playing a large part in the development of chronic diseases such as um, diabetes, heart disease, and cancer. So step one would be to focus on eating whole, organic, unprocessed foods, um, ideally from a wide range of sources, as this will help to maximize your intake of vitamins and minerals. You want to be eating as many um, organic vegetables as you can and um, plenty of protein from really good quality sources. So um, local farms, ideally consuming pasture-raised, grass-fed animals, free-range eggs and poultry with a small amount of some fruit. Now, I would avoid entirely factory farmed meat and fish because of the antibiotic levels, the um, toxins that are contained in them, the pesticides, um, they're often grain-fed meat. And also with fish, intensive farming can lead to a lot of toxins. They're often overcrowded. And also just be aware that even if you're eating sea fish and you're eating the larger varieties such as tuna, you can get a buildup of toxic chemicals such as mercury. So you want to kind of be focusing on um, smaller fish such as sardines and mackerel which are high in omega-3s. The second one is to move, move, move. I can't say this enough really. You need to really set a timer on your phone or laptop. It's so easy when we are um, really in flow in something to just lose track of time and find that we're spending hours sitting at a desk and you know sedentary lifestyle has been dubbed the new smoking for a reason it has some pretty dramatic effects on our health and so I'd encourage you to set a timer um, and work in kind of Pomodoro blocks often this will really enhance your productivity in any event and getting up to move at least 50 minutes um, or so. Some people prefer to move every 25 minutes, um, but it depends on your working style. But engaging in some low-level physical activity or doing some pull-ups when you walk underneath the door, some kettlebell swings, hopping on a mini trampoline or one in the garden, any of these things can really, really help. And what you'll find is you get increased blood flow to the brain. So when you come back, you're going to be much more switched on and aware. So there's benefits for both the brain and the body here. And also engaging in a, just a really small amount of movement before eating, such as 60 seconds of body weight squats, has been shown to improve insulin sensitivity for that meal that you're about to eat. So can't overstress that one enough. The third one is prioritizing your sleep. And this is for a few reasons. One of the main reasons is that lack of sleep can really disrupt the delicate hormonal balances 
um, that we have in our body, including upregulating ghrelin, which is a hormone that makes you feel hungry. It can also lower leptin sensitivity. And this is um, the satiety hormone that tells you when you're full. And you may have noticed this when you're jet lagged or you've had a disrupted um, night's sleep that you're constantly kind of looking for something the next day. You're not quite sure how to satisfy that craving. And that's probably down to these, um, the disruption of these hormones. It can also lower immunity if you're not sleeping enough and you're not getting enough REM sleep and deep sleep. Um, and it can make you more susceptible to chronic disease. Um, if you want to kind of discover more about sleep, I'm not going to explore this in too much depth here because we're looking at personalized nutrition. But I would highly recommend um, reading the great book by Matthew Walker called Why We Sleep. The fourth way is to use time-restricted eating and to restrict your eating window to a maximum of 12 hours per day. Ideally, you'd want to make this between 8 and 10 hours. What's the reason for this? Um, this on its own, time-restricted eating, is a really, really powerful way to enhance cellular autophagy, to lower inflammation, and to also enhance body composition. Many people will find that if they have been eating right up until bedtime and then eating again first thing in the morning, that just by restricting this eating window to 10 or 12 hours, they actually lose um, a fair amount of body fat. And it's also great for your health for the reasons I've mentioned. And then the fifth and final way that I'm going to mention on today's episode is to test your key blood biomarkers and also your gut annually. Doing this once a year with a qualified practitioner can really help you understand where your body needs support and where there are any imbalances so that you can tackle those because prevention is always um, far nicer and, and pretty much more effective than a cure. I also recommend getting a DNA test with a qualified practitioner who can assess both your underlying genetics and your epigenetic um, expression. Remember that your DNA is just one part. It's really the expression of those genes that's the most important thing. And so you want to be working with somebody who can look at the epigenetic expression. And that's actually what we offer in my own company's programs, my DNA Edge. Um, DNA testing is the first place that I like to start with many of my clients because it gives us a really good overview, um, not just looking at their genetic makeup, but also closely at the expression of those genes. And as I've already mentioned, that's really, really key. And that involves doing a combination of questionnaires alongside the DNA test, which are incorporated into the algorithm so we can powerfully look at what's going on. And that gives us a really good indication in terms of things like personalized nutrition that we've been um, mentioning today, but also in terms of where further testing might be necessary. Now, contrary to many of the genetic companies, as I've mentioned, we do look at not just the DNA, but the genetic expression um, using a test that's only available through practitioners um, as it has this very, very powerful algorithm to combine your underlying genetics with the results of questionnaires. And we look at things like blood sugar balance, stress, movement, toxins, detoxification pathways, inflammation, methylation, and much, much more. And by using the questionnaires, it also allows you to then track these changes and retake those questionnaires and actually see the changes that you're making through this. So if you're thinking about getting your DNA tested, I highly recommend that you do work with a practitioner that's trained to look at not just your underlying DNA, but also the expression of those genes. And if you'd like to find out more on this um, and watch a free video on it, then you can just go to bit.ly forward slash 
personalized health. I'll link to everything that I've talked about in today's episode in the show notes, but I hope you've enjoyed it. And if you'd like to see more content like this, um, then please leave a review and um, let us know. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. Thanks very much for joining. Thanks for listening. Remember to review and subscribe. You can grab the show notes, the resources and highlights of everything Angela mentioned over at AngelaFosterPerformance.com. You can also snatch up plenty of other goodies, including the highly helpful Angela Recommends page, which is a list of everything she personally recommends to optimize your mind, body and lifestyle.